All right, guys, welcome to the Healing Centers. We are back. we got a great guest today, Carly Bannister. Let me read just a little bit about her. Uh, born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, Carly Bannister offers a refreshing take on the Nashville sound. Yes, she's a musician. Bannister draws on the engaging melodies of icons like Casey Musgraves while invoking the raw lyric assets of Brandy Carlisle, allowing for a wide but sincere appeal. Bannister's songwriting is at once witty, searching, and disarming. She conveys dense, complex emotions <laughs> through... F- that is excellent writing, by the way. I know. <laughs> that I, is excellent writing. I have smart friends. I, that is brilliant. <laughs> uh, through fresh and singable melodies, uh, resulting in songs both weighty and weightless. Uh, what she just said in this bio is that she's awesome, and we're <laughs> glad to have her. And so anyway, let's get started in just a sec. From our studios in Nashville, Tennessee, this is Healing Centers, a podcast where we talk to experts and leaders in wellness, mental health, physiology, fitness, nutrition, and any other topic that helps us get through the day with purpose and through our life with long-term success and health. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and please give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit our website at www.healingcenters.co to share feedback, suggest future episode topics, and find out more about the people on our podcast. This is the catchy part of the song. just kind of winds down a little bit. I like that thing. We need to do some rock and roll. But anyway, Separate Alley, how are you? I'm good. You look lovely. Thanks. And I understand you you came back from a ski trip. Is that right? (gasps) Did I survived? Wow, oh, girl, you should have been with us. <laughs> yep, she laughs because she knows. Was it amazing? Briggs and I went together. What was it like? Um, he's so much better than me okay. now. <laughs> so why don't you just start with this? Say that that's humbling. Do the story where you actually. Yeah, this is a moment you could write about this. Okay, <laughs> maybe I will. Oh my god! Okay, so we were going to Park City, mm-hmm. which I did not know the Olympics were there for a reason. Okay. I learned that really quickly after mm-hmm. that. That's why they were there, right? And so um, we get on our first lift and we hop off, and there's three blacks and one advanced blue. Okay, and I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> because I'm a green girl, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was fun. Okay. So we're making it down. Briggs, like, has no care for me. He's gone. <laughs> He's not worried. Um, an instructor comes and asks me if I need um, him to call someone to bring me down. Okay. Because I'm really struggling and scared. And I'm like, no, 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 I got this. Like, I will not be ashamed. But I got more ashamed because mm-hmm. about three-fourths of the way down, I just took my skis off and my poles, and I just slid down on my butt. I love that. <laughs> And people were yelling at me, I've been there before. And I was so angry. <laughs> with the big ski boots on? You were like oh, sliding yeah. with the ski boots on? Yeah, and, and like going as fast as the skiers because it was so freaking steep. <laughs> that that's how fast I was going on my butt. Well, you made it back alive. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So that was our first one. And Briggs was like, you're so slow. I've been waiting forever. Was he scared? No. No. Yeah. Briggs doesn't get scared. Briggs also fell off the ski lift. Oh. And I... He's hanging and doesn't tell me, doesn't yell out like, ooh, I've fallen off. No. He just rides it. Rides it. So I turn around and lose our ever, ever loving minds. Wow. And he goes, it's fine. I got a plan. Once we get close to the ground, I'll let go. 
Wow. Kids yeah. bounce. I want, I want some fear. of that I in a, my life. Yeah, well, we're thankful he's alive, <laughs> and we're thankful we made it back. Because <laughs> that's about how I would describe that trip. Way to go. Okay. Yeah, so I'm here. Vacation. Very safe in this chair right now. <laughs> is this one of those days where you're like, you're almost glad to go to work just to kind of so relax thankful. just a little that bit? That is awesome. So thankful. More calm at work? Yeah. Okay. okay. So. Not about me. Car- it is about you. No. It is about you. I don't want to talk about hear. ski trip anymore. Okay. So what okay. I, what I didn't. say whole sweaty talking about it. <laughs> what I didn't say. <laughs> my hands are getting sweaty. Remembering. Listening to you talk about it. All we ever came. The, uh, uh, what I didn't say in Carly's uh bio is she is genetically predisposed to be awesome at music she's got some (laughs) some uh crazy good dna and you want to just share a little bit about kind of your how how did you get started in music and and maybe your lineage in that if that helps my lineage that's a great word that's good not as good as your bio words you had some good words (laughs) i did not write that just for the record um my friend wrote it and i was like I didn't know you thought I was that good. Thank you so much. (laughs) We all do. That is really nice. Um, Yes, so my dad is a Christian music producer, and he is pretty good at that. Um, And so I grew up around musicians and bands and um, the studio all the time. Just that felt very normal to me. Um, so I grew up thinking doing music is a real job, <laughs> which I do think is really like different, right? Yes. Like it was taken seriously yes. instead of just like, oh my gosh, you do this at four years old yeah, and draw about it on this your paper. This is a hobby. But then that's all you ever get yeah. to actually do. I think I just that's grew so up true. being like, I probably will do that. And that would be like a viable option. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. And then, um, really cool. My siblings all do music in some capacity, maybe not professionally, all of them, but um, You're they can the all sing. You're the last little nugget of yes. a long line. I'm the youngest of five. Um, and so I grew up, my siblings, mostly my oldest sister, Ellie Holcomb, and then my brother, uh, my oldest brother, Ben, and then, well, really, John, too, um, would all write songs. And so I just grew up being like, that's what you do to process your emotions mm-hmm. or just like that's what you do in general. You write songs. And so I think I was lucky in that sense. Cause I just was like, this is expected really mm-hmm. <laughs> not in a bad way in a really like yeah. freeing, exciting way. Yeah. Um, I felt a lot of permission there. So I grew up writing songs and, and I, I would just write something and I remember my family would be like, where did you, what are you talking about? Like, how did you think of that? (laughs) And I think being the youngest is kind of, it's inevitable because you're just like soaking in like Uh, other people's stories and energies. And so it just like comes out and people are like, what happened? (laughs) There's a lot going on in our cute little. Um, So I just, yeah, I don't think I ever, questioned whether I would always write songs I think I was just like from the age of 13 I was like yeah I'll do that maybe not as a career but I just thought I want to do mm-hmm. that how did what is the um like obviously you're and I think I might already know the answer to this but <clears throat> just for people that may not know what 
what are some sound bites or snippets that people might recognize about your dad's uh, mm-hmm. career or yeah. maybe your sister's or something like that that might be, oh, oh, that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I mean, my dad started producing music when Amy Grant, like, began her career. So we- he did her first, like, few projects. and We've heard of her. Uh, have you? Yes. <laughs> Probably throws that in there, so. Uh, I mean, it is, it, I guess it's like, that is a big deal. It is a big deal. She's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. like he was Still kind of hero. part of what made her, like, the only first person to cross over from Christian to pop. Is that true? Like, he helped her do that. I don't know. Well, I'm a lay person on this, but she was she was one of the <laughs> no, he did. first yeah. crossover like, By the way, he did do that, just so you know. What was the song, Baby, Baby? Do you remember that? Okay, he didn't produce that, actually. But wasn't that the first... (laughs) Wasn't that the first crossover song? I think that's true. One of the big, major uh, hits that she had that was a crossover. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. So he's still producing, but now he's at... um, He's the director of the music program at Lipscomb, which is awesome. Um, I wonder who else he's worked with. Everybody, it feels like, right. in the Christian world. They Kind of anybody, right? Yeah, and when people, I mean, a lot of people don't know about, you know, producers, but if you know, like if you read the back of a CD, mm-hmm. like you are going to be excited to hear Brown Bannister's name. Like yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're if you a Christian and you read the back of CDs. <laughs> so everyone's. Ask, has he ever, I haven't ever really thought about that. Has he produced people that aren't Christians or is it just kind of really just that I'm genre? I'm sure he has, but I think for the most part it's okay. been Christian music. So every once in a while I'll meet somebody and they'll be like, wait, Carly Bannister, your dad's not Brown Bannister, right? And I'm like, yeah. And That's they're like, so crazy. are you kidding <laughs> And I am with him. I'm like, he is like, he's a hero. These are artists that have been seeking a meeting with him for like, you know, 10 or 15 years. And they're like, you live with him all the time. She's like, thank God, not anymore. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's, that would be bad, bad, a cry for help. Um, But yes, he's amazing. And he's just a legend, really. Yeah. Um, And not only because he's talented, but also he's, just one of the most humble people I've ever met. and So is that intimidating, uh, thinking about going into music, or is it more like you said, it's almost just like a natural uh, manifestation? Um, I think all of that felt like an invitation more than anything. Um, I think it's felt like his legacy as well as Ellie's legacy, Ellie and Drew's legacy. Drew is my brother-in-law, and he's in a band called Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, and... They've, I've been going to his shows since I was like 11. And so I just, and I've seen them like hustle and work really hard to get where they mm-hmm. are. Um, and I, so it. It, it doesn't feel like, yeah, no, I mean. So cool. Th- it is amazing. But uh, he, I think it doesn't feel so much like um, Pressure. Uh, pressure, yeah, because I I watched them work really hard for so long, so I know that that didn't that doesn't just happen, um, and I know them so deeply, so it's like, yeah, oh, you're a person yeah. just like me, and um, so it feels more. I, I 
I've benefited a lot from their careers, definitely. And a lot of doors have been opened because of, you know, they went before me. Yep. So, And I would assume it would it not be a, almost paint a very realistic picture. It's not just a pie oh, in the totally. sky. Oh, look, I'm a great star now. I'm making tons of money yeah. versus, wow, I had to ride in a bus for five years or whatever, yes. you know, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it has made it feel a lot more real and like I've understood from a young age this is this is hard <laughs> yeah you you knew that it wasn't just like the stage drawing at the four-year-old yeah. picture but like yes. you knew that like this was an invitation and you were excited about it yeah but you also knew it was gonna be really hard just like totally. any other career yeah and I mean I will say every once in a while like somebody will come up to me after a show and they'll be like you're awesome. Um, your sister? <laughs> yeah, tell me about that. Like, that has to be annoying. I'm like, uh, honestly, for the most part, I just love talking about her because... Because you're perfect she's, and you're so nice. Well, because of how I'm perfect, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, sense. because she's one of my best friends and she, she is amazing. She's like... But every once in a while, it feels like comical. I'm like, okay. <laughs> They came to maybe they came to say that they saw Ellie's sister. You just want to know what she's like through knowing me, but I get it. I've been there, so it makes sense to me. Anyway, it feels mostly like a gift to answer to answer your question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's That's awesome. Yeah. So you said at the beginning when you were talking about your family lineage, you said that how you kind of processed and expressed emotions and stuff, that that was like a really natural way in your family Mm -hmm. to communicate and to like resolve that within yourself. Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing because I feel like we're always trying to understand how to connect with what we're actually building up inside of us sometimes. And so to have a tool for that at such a young age, like what – a gift that your parents gave you that for that to feel natural versus something that you're having to like train your brain. I know to learn. Yeah. Um, tell us more about that part of you. Like yeah. these, all these complicated emotions that we all have. And I think especially in your twenties for me, that was the phase of life that I feel like I evolved and felt the most of that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do, um, have you kind of leaned into that more in the last few years than maybe your growing up years or what has that part of you been like? Part yeah, and just processing. like evolving into your own self and connecting with that, like understanding yeah. those emotions of your own and not just yeah. your lineage and like who you are. Yeah. Like you're you're Carly, you're not just yeah. a banister. Right. Um yeah, I mean I'm I'm 28, and I feel like a, if 18-year-old me could see me now, I would be, like, first of all, proud, <laughs> and second, probably scared, because um, <laughs> I just didn't think I would be uh, where I am, and I, I think a lot of my 20s has felt like yeah, discovering my, like, personhood and um, growing to like who I am and uh, apart from, yeah, my family and then apart from even, like, 
I think Christianity, mm-hmm. like yeah. I think before I was like, I am not, cultural you know, thing. like I am not that, like I don't matter at all. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of the uh, narrative that I, for some reason clung to in Christianity was like, my life is not my own and um, I am uh, nothing. Yeah. And that there's something like really admirable in that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I lost myself in a sense uh, because of, of that. And I'm not saying that all of Christianity is like that, but I think I clung to that narrative. And uh, so I think my twenties has been a lot of self discovery and growing to appreciate and acknowledge parts of myself that I didn't even know were there. So, yeah. And that's, that's hard work. It is hard work. Yeah. It really is. And it has happened through a lot of therapy and um, a lot of uh, writing. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. And, Amazing. you know, medication and <laughs> all, the all the things that we're so thankful for every I morning. Know. That we I am up. so grateful. Yes. yes. But, Allie, isn't that, isn't that consistent with? anybody in their 20s it's just that carly or any is, human being is gifted with you know talents that can commit yeah, that can communicate yeah. that versus when i was in my 20s i couldn't have even said what you just said you know? <laughs> yeah and i think that's why you have such an important gift that i don't want you to diminish because like so many people need to hear that and need to hear that i can do that yeah and that there that isn't negative or bad right. or wrong right and um, and that as I become more attuned to my core self, like I actually have so much more to give yeah. because my like joy and my light and my energy all gets bigger right. and that does nothing but give to the people around you. No, Like, yeah. so what a backwards message to make yourself smaller because in that your energy gets smaller too. Right. And then like none of us get to grow from that. Right. So I yeah. think that's such brave work, but it's also so giving to yourself first, but also like actually doing the thing that you were t- told to do growing up is what that does when you begin to value yourself, because yeah. then you actually are able to give to all the other people right? Yeah, around you. I think a lot of times with that um, narrative of making yourself small and like kind of the admiration that comes with that, I feel like a secondary like symptom of that almost is a self critic mm. and like this shame and judgment totally of self. Yes. Was that your experience with that? A hundred percent. Yes. Um, mm. I, and I don't think I realized it until like, Oh, this year. <laughs> there you go. Wait, oh, can I, I'm sorry. Interrupt yeah. because that's a great segue because I'm going to go ahead and say the word, because I think we can talk about in the next segment of self, yeah. self-compassion. Is that yes. right? Yes. yes. Hold on. Let's take two seconds to pause on that, mm-hmm. and then we'll come back and chat on that. Just Love it. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Neuroscience and TMS Treatment Center, where we are excited to provide evidence-based mental health services by board-certified clinicians. We spend the time and provide the attention you need to get you or your loved ones well. We can help find your path to wellness with treatments, including medication, psychotherapy, TMS, and more. 
Visit us at www.hopeforyourbrain.com to learn more or to schedule an appointment. Make sure you let us know you found us on this podcast. Okay, I think I introduced the topic, but I'm going to let you two share because it's more. But what what does self-compassion mean to you? What is that? Yeah. Well, um... I think this year I played a lot of a lot more shows than I'm used to playing and it was like we did like a seven week tour in the fall. I was opening for a guy named Stephen Day and it was amazing um, and a lot harder than I thought it would be uh, internally and emotionally and I think that what I learned from that is my self-talk is um was just pretty toxic and Mm -hmm. I would make a mistake or feel like I wasn't totally present or on it with my like banter or engaging in the way that I wanted to or play the wrong chord or whatever and I would finish the show and just berate myself like Mm -hmm. just I would never speak to anyone the way that I was talking to myself. Um, Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Would anybody in the audience know you made a mistake? I mean, probably never. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't matter, though. I think um, specifically I that Nashville show at Mm -hmm. the Basement East, I, I just, like could not come down from my the way that I was speaking to myself and like really afterwards yeah and I mean it went no idea it was awesome it went great like it it was a good show um I mean like I got so many texts from so many friends that were like so proud of you so beautiful whatever and I was like bullshit 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 (laughs) bullshit like (laughs) oh it's crazy and and I know oh I know that like (laughs) That sounds so silly, but I think we've all... Oh, we've all been there. You're cracking me up. that all the time. Of like, yeah, just, I can be so unkind to myself. Um, this might be too vulnerable, but I think for people who aren't as connected to this topic, and it's not as like a part of their day-to-day yeah. kind of thought process like Mm -hmm. it is for you and I like when you say I would berate myself after or I was so critical of myself yeah like can you give an example of totally something that you might say to yourself that maybe somebody else out there could be like oh that's being critical sure I didn't even realize that um okay so some of the things I was saying were uh that is embarrassing that you even got up there and did that it's embarrassing that you think that you are good enough to play in front of people. You look stupid. You should quit. Um, Yeah, like people were doing you a favor by paying attention, and they don't really care. And I can't believe you even got up there. Never do that again. Never do that again. Never do that again. Yeah, just... um, Don't you notice, for me, I notice that when that voice for me is the loudest. It's when I feel the most vulnerable. Oh yeah. And what I am stepping out into. Totally. Which again, I think is so ironic because that is where our creativity grows. That is where energy grows. That is where like our goodness into the world typically grows. Yeah. 
But we so often shut ourselves down yes. by letting that self-critic have so much power. Yeah. I mean, even sitting here today, I've been sitting there thinking that by myself. Like, yeah. why are we doing this podcast? Ugh. I'm so not ready to do this. This is so stupid. It's so Carly's easy to so go much, there. She sounds so much better than me. I can't. Oh my what gosh. do I look like on here? Right? And then I noticed, even as you were saying that, I didn't notice I was doing it today until you started saying that. I know. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what I've been sitting here doing. Is, that more, is that more consistent with... A creative professional. I wonder, like, I don't I, think I wonder so. if artists are even harder on themselves sometimes. Probably, because mm. I think you are in more vulnerable work. True. I think it comes up more often. But I think everybody. Think about how you're singing your most vulnerable parts oh, of yeah. your story. If it's I had to get up on stage, I'm going to literally just start pit sweating. <laughs> I had to get up on stage and read out my journals. I know. <gasps> I know. I yeah. literally have one friend that knows where they all are in my house. And if something happens burn to me, them. they're supposed to go burn them because I do not want anybody else to read them. Of course. And you're up there like, hey, guys, I'm so glad you're all going to listen to them. <laughs> Here's Here my personal diary. journal tonight. Yep. You are effing crazy. This is page four of my journal. hope you enjoy. It is crazy. No and it's also wonder. crazy to think that people would want to hear it. <laughs> and we all do. Because we all have it written in our journal at home. I know. I know. That's right, everybody insane. else thinks it's their own story, but really it's everybody's yeah. story to some degree, right? Yeah, you're not so that special. So how did you I'm go from there? <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, good. Please, Brentwood brat. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh um, okay, so how did you go from there to kindness Yeah. for okay. yourself? That's a great question. I, um, my roommates are also my best friends and uh one of them her mom suggested that we do like a book club and I was like I love a book club that's awesome she was like this is the book it's called self-compassion and I was like okay I don't love a book club (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for the I am busy you were thinking more like joy luck club or john grisham or something like that exactly I was like this is gonna be fun we're gonna drink a lot of wine and um I can't wait but it has been a workbook, literally, that we go through every Sunday. Um, is that a Kristen, Kristen Neff? Kristen or? Neff, oh. yes. And she has so meditations, too, that are amazing. And yeah. uh, I think that's Tamara Levitt is who I'm thinking of that has the meditations. Okay. I don't know if I've listened to Kristen Neff's meditations. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure she has them somewhere. Um, but she wrote this book on self-compassion, and we have been going through it for the past few months, and... I honestly think it is changing my life. Mm -hmm. Um, It is like relearning a language. Like, Mm -hmm. well, honestly, learning a language for the first time because (laughs) I never knew this language. Um, But it's it's retraining your brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a lot of it is identifying like core beliefs about yourself. And it is very exposing. just to write down, like, this, these are the things that I say to myself. Um, this is what I believe at my core. Like, I am, <laughs> this is so, why am I saying this out loud? But, like, you know, some of them are like, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm lazy. I'm not valuable. I'm unlovable. And you're like, I believe that. Like, <laughs> I thought I was a good time, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's kind of just... It's so sobering yeah. Um, to uncover that, like, 
underneath, those are the things that mm-hmm. we're working from or I, what I have been working from. And to go in and examine that and um, try to consciously rewire a different way mm-hmm. is really hard work, but it's changing everything. Like yeah, the way I approach um, every day and the people that I'm interacting with and it's changing the way that I do music and play a show and I've played a show recently and it was like one of the first shows I've played since that Nashville show mm. um, and finished the show and definitely I had made mistakes but I finished the show and I was like okay you know that sounded good and it wasn't my best maybe but like that's okay. And mm. and for the first time, I was able to examine, I don't love playing shows. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a huge revelation. And I had never even been able to get to that revelation because I had just been so busy just in, abu- in, in an abusive relationship with myself. Yeah. Like, because mm. I was like, you should be able to do this. You're nothing. Like, and th- And so now that I'm like, extending kindness and compassion towards myself i'm able to be like oh maybe i just maybe this isn't a part of the job that i really love and that's okay yeah which leads you into such an amazing place in your career that you never yeah. could have gotten to if you kept stopping I know. with your critic which i think so many of us do yeah right as we just stop there yeah or we keep trying to refine from there instead of when we allow that compassion in, it's like this gate opens up. Yes. And instead of just like hitting ourselves against the fence over and over and over again, it's like we open this gate and there's like this amazing path. Right. And we're like, oh my gosh. I know. There's like so much relief in that. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I am too. It's life changing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's slow. (laughs) And it's slow. It's really slow. Yeah, and I think, I mean, this is something that I, you know, teach a lot on in sessions, and so everybody's journeys with it is so different, and so I think, not to speak into yours, because I know it might be completely different than this, but I think one of the hardest things about it is that literally retraining your brain to have different neuropathways than what you have laid down for decades right. at this point that are so, um, that's like, your rhythm, that's your routine, is to go straight there. And so to retrain your brain to go somewhere else is really, really hard. It Mm -hmm. takes so much patience. But I think, one, just stepping into the kind of process of that and going, okay, I don't even know what I would say to myself besides this right now. Yeah, And that's okay. But just starting there and recognizing that I'm even being critical. Right. As like such an amazing step. And then to step into, okay, what would, what's the opposite of this? Right. What's something that, okay, maybe I can't go quite there yet. Yeah. What's something middle ground. Yes. That I can <laughs> yeah. go with here. And there's some, and there's some relief in, in, as you kind of make those transitions in your life and career that to let some things go that maybe you didn't, you know, just like you said, may not be, in other words, I think songwriting is one of the most awesome careers yeah. ever. Yeah. Because you can make money, stay at home, and still be creative. You I know, like you don't. And, and, but anyway, regardless, you know, is there, is there almost some 
uh, relief once you find that totally uh, that opening uh, in Absolutely. your life that goes, oh, that is the path I can go down. Totally. Uh, and and not have to worry about this. And, and I, we were laughing before we started, but you know, even if you're a songwriter, you're still going to be doing shows, uh, yeah. even if they're small shows, because at some point yeah. you got to pitch your your song, right? And uh, but I think that's an amazing career path yeah. to go down. But you're still, you're, it's still your journey. You're still choosing, right? Yeah, I don't know yet. But I think, I think it, yeah, it did free me up to be like, well, what part of this? Obviously, I got into this for a reason. So what part is the part that I love? And like so consistently, it's been songwriting. Like mm. that's why I started when I was 13. I just, and I like to sing as well. But that's part of songwriting. So right. Uh, I did not start playing so that I could play in front of people ever. Huh. That was never the goal. <laughs> wow. Which is so often the goal, I think. Oh, when people yeah. And think I about like music. that for people. I like the people like being on stage. It's an Ellie is so good at it. She yeah, is so she an amazing energy. Good at it and loves it. And I'm like, I get done with the show and I'm like, I am so glad that's over. <laughs> I am so glad that's over. So it's like you're not, when you're on that stage, you don't feel like you're really aligned with your true self, maybe. No, it feels like. And like, what can you really do if you're not really being you? I know, I know. And I get that, you know, you have to do hard things in life. And totally. So yeah. I will have to keep doing that sometimes, but I think it was so hel- helpful and clarifying to be like, oh, I'm happiest when I'm like in a room with a co-writer writing a song. And yeah. you could actually do that for a living. <laughs> And I don't know actually if I can do that for a living yet, but I'll get back to you and let you know. But um, I I think it's just been, I've been exploring that a lot more and setting up co-writes every week. And it's been like, so life-giving, even if it doesn't go anywhere. I'm like, you feel different. Yeah, I really do. Well, I'm I'm projecting, but I think a listener might laugh when they hear how good she is that she's even questioning Mm -hmm. any of this in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and if you're okay, maybe talk about the song that you're going to play and maybe yeah. the story where it came from yeah. and some of the, your journey on getting there. We'll be right back. We invite you to become part of our growing Healing Centers community. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our podcasts <laughs> on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Visit us at healingcenters.co for the most current social links and information. Share comments and feedback on our website. Let us know what topics interest you and what guests you want us to invite on the show. If you are in the healing business as a therapist, doctor, or other wellness expert, please let us know who you are and your specialty. We'd love to be able to connect our listeners to great professionals like you. www.healingcenters.co Follow us, join us, and grow with us. That's M. She does a good voiceover. She does. Doesn't she have a good voice? I like that. That's good. Okay. Rhythm. So this is really cool having you on today. This is fun. Thanks. I'll have to say, I was. This is my favorite part, but the first two sections were even cooler than I even expected. So that's oh, cool. awesome. So thanks for doing that. But this is the good stuff. This is you know <laughs> this is your a big part of your journey is just yeah. your art. Yeah. Where tell us about where you're gonna the song that you brought with us today and kind of where that came from. So um, I'm going to play a song called Any Chance. And I wrote it with a friend of mine, Sandy Fitzgerald. She's in a band called The New Respects. And I was in their band in high school, which is my claim to fame. Um, Not sure why I quit, but they're better (laughs) off. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, it's everybody's own journey, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, there's still some of my really good friends, and I write with Zandy a lot. And How cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. She is an amazing writer. Um, but I came to her house with, like, literally a journal entry. <laughs> and uh, I think this was the first song might have been the first song we wrote together. Um, but I was like, I really want to write a song about anxiety because it is one of the worst feelings in the world. And I, it feels like so hard to grasp and put words to, mm-hmm. um, which feels even more out of control mm-hmm. um, than anxiety already makes me feel. And, and so I just thought it would, it's so helpful for me when other writers put words to things that are really yeah. complex and hard to live through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought I, I want to do that for myself, even um, if not for other people, but like I need to do this so that I can feel a sense of power in my, what feels so hard and um, powerless and helpless yeah. and, it feels stronger than you in those places. Yes. Yeah. The worst feeling. I know. And so I had like journaled about it. And when, when I was in a moment like that and I was like, Zandy, I'm about to do something that is so, I don't want to do it. Like it's like the last thing on my to-do list. <laughs> I do not want to do this, but I think it's necessary. So I like read her my whole you know just you read her the journal I read her the journal and the thing that makes me pit sweat yes exactly and me too so I did that and then she I mean is so safe and just received it and um met me and it mm-hmm. was just like yeah me too mm-hmm. that is like I have felt that and it is a terrible feeling and so <laughs> then we just started um you know, writing the song and what I like about it is there's not really any answer in it. Uh, but it just helps me a lot because it puts words to something that I have a hard time putting words to. So, um, yeah, the, the chorus is, is asking like, if there's any chance of rescue, like, come rescue me um and I I that sounds kind of sad but I think uh it feels hopeful to me mm-hmm. it feels like expecting um a rescue expecting safety and peace um or it's at least it's coming from that place mm-hmm. in me um so yeah you know I love really quick that you just said um that it doesn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I think when we're in that self-critical place, when we're in an anxious place, yeah, it feels so panicky that you have to find the answer. Yes. Right? And I love that that normalizes the experience mm-hmm. that you don't. Right. And that maybe there won't be an answer that makes sense. But I think the fact that you're even singing the song mm-hmm that you're even sitting here on the podcast today, maybe the answer's enough that we know it passes. Yeah. 
and that it's like just tolerating that extreme discomfort. Yes. Is all you have to do. Yeah. Because it doesn't last. Right. The answer is that maybe we don't solve it, but the answer is that it doesn't last. Yeah. Totally. Here's Carly singing it, not from a place of panic. Yeah. Yes. And like it kind of evolved into its own answer. Yeah. In itself. I mean, I don't know. That's just such a, it is such a gift that you would be vulnerable enough to give that to all of us. Thanks. Okay. I want to hear it. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Can you grab the guitar? Do you call it an axe? What is the, what is, what is your word? I never have, but I could if you'd like. (laughs) She thinks that's an interesting word. That's a garage band term. Oh, I see. Big show. She's going to call it an axe, which I hope is no time. But in that part of the journey, if you don't, you know, there, there is no answer. uh, Recognizing that there's not an answer and just managing the journey is, is a successful track. Yes. And, and finding your way around that journey, whether it's music or exercise or uh, relationships or whatever gets you around that place right gosh i think i that is like sums up life to me did we do <laughs> like, it yeah. hold yeah, on that was that was really good i think Save that. send that's, that. that's the instagram feed send right there that out to everyone that's a good that's a yeah. good one that's a good I, one i think yeah just knowing that there is not a right answer mm-hmm. there's no getting it right there is just being awake to your life mm-hmm. and showing up and being with whatever feeling you're your feeling. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change your levels as you go just to yeah. make sure I got it right. But Great. We're in for a treat. You're on whenever you want. All right. Carly Bannister. Oh, do you hear my tummy grumbling? No. <laughs> no. Skip breakfast. But if it's part of the song, it's cool. Okay, it is. It sounded good. <clears throat> it's more than just a season it's a war without a reason and I can't seem to shake its ways I've tried my hand at hiding but like a shadow it'll find me all there's left to do is wait but if there is any chance of rescue come rescue me oh if there is any chance you're listening come answer me I envy all the people who live like life is simple when I'm still trying to find the rules hope is like a face that I know but cannot place who is it I'm trying to fool oh if there is
Bannister.com. True. And you can catch all her music. And I felt like a bad waiter at Bluebird Cafe. I had to get up to plug this in. <laughs> and everybody would have given me like the nastiest looks for talking or no doing doing during a, a like a gifted. Have you ever done that at Bluebird? Like you cannot say anything. Like oh, everything yeah, yeah, yeah. you like just shut up. That was amazing. Thanks. You've got a beautiful voice. I haven't played that in a long time. Yeah, but you, gotta, you should play it more. That's beautiful. Yeah, you need to. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Guys, we're out. Oh, we're out. We need to talk about uh, some additional <laughs> podcast ideas we have. We want you part of it. I'm going to do the exit thing and then we're going to roll, but look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Thanks, guys. From our studios in Nashville, Tennessee, this is Healing Centers, a podcast where we talk to experts and leaders in wellness, mental health, physiology, fitness, nutrition, and any other topic that helps us get through the day with purpose and through our life with long-term success and health. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and please give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit our website at www.healingcenters.co to share feedback, suggest future episode topics, and find out more about the people on our podcast.